0: So, who's responsible for the Carolina Panthers 0-4 start? Is it Frank Reich, Scott Fitterer, or the head Yinzer in charge? We'll talk about it right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council. Why? Because here on Wednesdays throughout the rest of the regular season, I'll be answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions here on the show, either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to get your questions in for next week's edition of the weekly Wednesday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. And thank you so much to all the people who sent in questions for this week. There were a lot of them. And unfortunately, This is only supposed to be a 30-minute show, so I cannot answer all of your questions right here on the show. But a lot of you ask the same questions. They typically overlap week to week. Some questions that were asked weeks ago, I might have just answered them right in your DMs. So check your DMs. To see if I answer your question. I always try to do that, but appreciate all the questions that I got on this week's edition of the weekly Wednesday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. Let's not waste any time because I got to get to the questions that you did uh, ask me that are now going to be on the show. And we'll start off with Miguel from Germany. Always love our international listeners. We did have a Panthers fan from Germany. He was 20 years old, uh, made his first trip to see the Panthers play at Bank of America Stadium, and the Panthers lost. So I hate that, and I also hate that I did not get a chance to meet him on Sunday as I was tied up with my job and all that. So either way, Miguel from Germany, this is his question, asking, what do you think the problem is? It's clear that we have one, but is it the GM because of the roster, the coach, or maybe the owner? How about all the above, Miguel, in Germany? It's Scott Fitterer, yes. It's Frank Reich and the play calling so far, the way that he's coached his team through four weeks. Yeah, it falls on Frank Reich, who has accepted the blame. And, of course, it falls on the head Yinzer in charge, David Tepper, that carpet son of a gun, who hired these guys in the first place to lead this organization to hopefully... Better days than we had the last three years, really the first two and a half, when Matt rules the head coach here in Carolina. It's a very simple question, but it's kind of hard to answer what is the problem. Now, Scott Fitter has missed out on. Plenty of draft picks so far. You look at some of the free agent signings that have not panned out at wide receiver uh, thus far. You can blame that on Scott Fitter. You can blame it on David Tepper for hiring Scott Fitter and also signing off on some of those deals. And in the way Frank Reich has operated the offense, you know, I felt like two weeks into the season it was a little bit too early. I still feel like four weeks into the season, it's a little bit too early to be Overly critical, but clearly something needs to change offensively and how things are being called. Do I think they have the personnel to have a high um, octane offense? Absolutely not. Do they have the personnel to maybe just be average? Certainly. They need to figure something out with the scheme because what they're doing right now is not working. And well, that's a problem. So the level of talent on the roster is an issue. You can place it on Scott Fitterer. The um, coaching so far with this all-star coaching staff, it's getting all this money. Aside from the defensive coaching staff, offensively, it's been a disaster through four weeks. So the answer is all the above when you look at who to blame. Blame Scott Fitterer, blame David Tepper, blame Frank Reich. Just don't blame Bryce Young because, hell, he got put into this bad situation. It's not all on him. Certainly, he could be better, of course, in blame injuries. They have to uh, play a role as well in what's happened so far here in Carolina through this 0-4 start. Now over to John Luke from Oklahoma. He said, I wanted to get your thoughts on a potential trade for Brian Burns this year at the deadline since we haven't made a deal and all talks have seemed to stop. Now, we talked about this last week in Rapport reported on Sunday when the Carolina Panthers were all of a sudden interested in trading for a starting wide receiver, recognizing through three games, hadn't even played the game on Sunday yet, recognizing through three games, oh crap, our receiving core stinks. Maybe we should go trade for somebody. Uh, <laughs> wow, guys. Really? It took you then to figure it out. And I've said, and I understand, maybe I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth when I say this, the market wasn't great. But it's not like the Carolina Panthers put themselves in a good position. They should have recognized the market wasn't going to be great before they got rid of DJ Moore and all that. But still, the market wasn't great. They probably did as best they reasonably could do. But it's just funny. Just everyone, I mean, anyone who's paying attention knew that there's going to be a bad wide receiver core. And then three weeks in, they're like sitting here panicking when they didn't seem to be very interested in a guy like Nuke Hopkins who could have helped them this year. But I don't know. They they didn't do it. But either way, John Luke goes on and says, uh, well, that's that's your question, John Luke. So here's the thing. The trade deadline is on October 31st. So that's in about 27 days. That is 27 days from now on Halloween night. (laughs) Of course it's on Halloween. Uh, Realistically... The Carolina Panthers are looking at a one and six or a two and five at best start to this season. That's looking at winning in Detroit, definitely losing in Miami, then coming back and winning, I believe, against the Texans following the bye, and then going into that Colts game, you would then have an opportunity to potentially trade Brian Burns or trade for a player by October thirty first. This is where David Tepper got it so wrong with Matt Rule. When the Carolina Panthers hired Matt Rule, of course they didn't know a global pandemic was going to happen. That that's going to put them behind the eight ball as far as you know building team culture, <laughs> <laughs> the brand, OOU, our, uh, like what is it, our kind of guys, whatever is our, one of us. Yes, one of us, OOUs, all that nonsense, the way of the Panther, it hindered that even though that clearly wasn't going to work we didn't know a pandemic was going to happen but they decided to get rid of cam dude they brought in teddy bridgewater they brought in joe brady who wasn't even calling plays there at lsu they made all those decisions and with all the decisions that they made they all turned out to be mistakes trying to chase after quarterbacks who didn't want to be here with stafford going to la with deshaun watson never being interested bringing in sam darnold they made mistake after mistake after mistake and what it led you to was a poor start last year and really three wasted years. Ideally, what the Carolina Panthers really would have wanted to have done was to bring in Matt Rule. You know, you bring in a bunch of new young defensive players, build the overall roster, and then get to a point where you can throw a quarterback in there with a team that's ready to go and win. That can help him. That can elevate that quarterback. Look at what the Chiefs did, of course. They were already a playoff team when they had Alex Smith, and they decided, let's trade up and get Patrick Mahomes. And then once they went to the playoffs the game of Alex Smith, they put in Mahomes, and, well, I don't think anyone could have guessed how good he would be. That's probably not the best example, but it's a team that waited to put that quarterback in there, had already – Built up a good football team, and you've seen how that's gone with the two Super Bowls and the, what, one other appearance that they've had. Uh, The 49ers, they got it spectacularly wrong when they traded all those picks for Trey Lance, but they're fortunate enough to wear... Dang, man, Brock Purdy actually seems to be pretty good. But that was a team that was already ready-made. They were already a playoff team. They just wanted to bring in a new quarterback, a young guy, who could be elevated and also could turn out to be the long-term answer. Now, it looks like Brock Purdy, Mr. Relevance, going to be that for them. And Trey Lance wasn't. The Bills were a playoff team. Then they went up and got Josh Allen. Weren't a playoff team that first year, second year. They were, and look at them now. They did it the right way. The Carolina Panthers they didn't really pick a lane. It's like, okay, we're rebuilding, but oh no, we're ready to win now. And all of the decisions that they made just didn't really add up. Like, are you rebuilding? Are you in win now? Like, what was it? We always talk about them having a plan. There was no plan. So with all of that, that now leads us to the point where we're talking about, oh, they should trade Brian Burns. So you're saying, all right, so the Panthers would have traded Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, and Brian Burns that they're trading with all their good players because they got it so wrong with the last hire that it potentially has set them back three years. Because when you look at Bryce Young, now I don't think anyone could have foreseen the offensive line struggles as far as the injury to Brady Christensen. Yes, we know Austin Corbo was going to play, but the regression of at I don't think we saw that happening. So that's now become a major issue. The wide receiver talent is isn't good around Bryce Young. There's no running game. Defensively, they can't stop the run, but overall, it's still a decent unit. There's so many things still to fix. So when Miguel in Germany asked me what the problem is, everything, almost all of it is the problem that's led to an 0-4 start, and it goes to the coach, to the GM, but it all starts at the top with the owner, David Tepper. So they just got it so dang wrong to where we are sitting here legitimately having the question of do you trade brian burns and we asked last year was it gonna be a fire sale in carolina they made the two trades that made sense robbie anderson get him out of here especially after what happened with the rams game steve wilkes he ain't playing that game christian mccaffrey you paid a running back a ton of money. Unfortunately, Christian got injured. And it's funny to me now how a lot of y'all are coming back being like, oh, I can't believe Scott Fitter traded away CMC. When you're the same people who are sitting here like, oh, he's always injured. Screw CMC. Get him out of here. How, why would you pay a running back? Blah, blah. That's That was y'all. I'm the one who said, yeah, paying a running back is crazy. But also, I recognize that CMC is different. He's a good player for you, that he can obviously catch the football. Now, when he caught the ball 10 times or more, the Panthers never won those games, but still, you understood how good of a player he was, and he's proved that in San Francisco. I wasn't ready to give up on him, but I did understand that if you're going to be terrible and if you're going to try and get a quarterback, well, the easiest way to do it is just trade Chris McCaffrey. Now, did I love seeing Chris McCaffrey leave? No. No. But I understood why they would do it it would make a lot more sense because it's the running back position that's something that you can easily replace and they did it with Deontay Foreman and chuba Hubbard in the last 11 games of that season. I just find it comical the folks who said trade CMC trade CMC trade CMC who are now like I can't believe Scott fitter traded Christian McCaffrey. oh my god that's what you wanted so you just gotta pick which what do you want you like the Panthers you can't pick a lane are you rebuilding? Are you win now mode? Like, I don't know. Do you want Burns here? Do you not want Burns here? Did you want McCaffrey here? Or did you not? I, I don't know. I can't figure out a lot of people because I was hearing a year ago how much y'all couldn't stand how he always get injured and that Chris McCaffrey, bad contract, get him out of here. But now it's like, oh man, we really miss Christian. I don't know, guys. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of problems. And no, I do not think they should trade Brian Burns, but it becomes far more likely the worse they are once they get to the trade deadline, which again, realistically, they're 1-6 or 2-5 and at best. And once you get to that point in the season, yeah, you're probably cooked. Do you decide then to trade away a guy that you didn't trade last year? And it's just wild how you decide not to trade him on multiple occasions and yet have not paid him. And it does not look like a contract is going to come until maybe March, July, right before the season. I'm not quite sure what the deal is, but I'm still saying no, because all that's going to do is create a massive hole with no emerging edge rushers. People are already saying to me that DJ Johnson, that was a bad trade up, that he hasn't even played and done anything so far. So why get rid of one of the guys at a premium position that is your best player on the team? I, I, I don't know. So that's where we sit here as a trade deadline is 27 days away at the end of the month here in October Well, can't be a Carolina Panthers podcast here and it can't be a uh, weekly Wednesday mailbag about somebody asked about Scott Fitter. It's a weekly thing until I guess he gets fired, which may happen, may not happen uh, soon. Y'all keep asking me, why is he still here? Um, I don't know. So I guess I'll answer that here again uh, in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On fantasy football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting to waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see what Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Jets running back Brees Hall has had a rough start to the season so far with limited usage, but his explosive 56-yard rushing game on only six carries against the Chiefs in Week 4 is great foreshadowing for what's to come as long as they decide to stop handing it to Dalvin Cook, who clearly is, well, cooked. When the Jets blow through Denver in Week 5, look for Hall to fly a mile high with his speed and explosiveness. The Broncos' defense is falling apart against the run, especially versus faster backs like Hall. Expect Hall to go off to help the Jets try to get a much-needed road win. Good luck with that, Jets. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply another week another question about why is scott fitterer still the general manager here in carolina this time coming from colin who said I want to see your thoughts on Scott Fitterer to this point. A lot of people believe in him, but I don't know if it's a lot of people anymore, Colin, by the way. But he says a lot of people believe in him, but he has yet to solidify his job as an NFL GM. Looking at his decisions in hindsight, here's why I think it might be time to bring in someone new or at least shoulder an equal portion of the blame for how things have gone thus far. Here are his bullet points. Um, Bullet point number one. He has yet to hit on any player outside the first round and since being hired. Streak looks to continue this year. Bullet point number two, gutted fan base by trading away CMC for no first rounder. Well, he did get the equivalent of a first rounder with those picks from the 49ers, which helped the Panthers move up to get Bryce Young. And also, you all were saying how you wanted to trade CMC, and that was a bad contract. So, I'm just kind of lost there on how people felt about Christian McCaffrey, because it just feels like there's all this, you know, you're rewriting history that, you know, Was it revisionist history? There we go. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I don't know. It's weird because I just read all those things on Twitter, and I know Twitter is just – Is not reality, but in a way it is. Because people act like that on the streets a lot of times too. So, I don't know. Uh, And then his other bullet point is bad trade-up for Matt Corral. I agree. That was terrible. Bad trade-up for DJ Johnson so far has not worked out. Bad trade for Sam Darnold. I would place that more on rule in the organization. And then decline to first and second to not have Brian Burns signed to this point. Yes, which is confusing. Not saying that he won't be signed yet, uh, but it's weird. They won't be signed at all, but it's weird that they have not done that. Okay, every week I get this, and every week I continue to say that. I feel like Scott Fitter and Frank Reich are tied to each other. Typically in the NFL, you get uh, two head coaches when you're a GM. Now, there is an example I brought up with Tennessee and John Robinson, who had success with the Tennessee Titans, had a winning record with the Tennessee Titans, had gone to the playoffs multiple times, had been to an AFC championship game, had been the number one seed, I think, just the year prior before losing to Joe Burrow and the Bengals. And then a couple months later, he's no longer the GM. And you see Mike Vrabel take on a bigger role and now Ran Carthon. Yeah, Ran Carthon, who came over from the 49ers, is a GM down there. In Tennessee, so we have seen it where a guy continuously missed on high price reagents like Bud Dupree and like Jadavian Clowney. It was I think Vic Beasley was actually was a real guy? It was Vic Beasley and Jadavian Clowney? How that doesn't work? How they get Julio Jones, he does nothing for them, and you miss out on multiple draft picks with whether it was character issues of guys like Isaiah Wilson from um, Georgia or just guys just not panning out like Caleb Farley so far to Virginia Tech from the Maiden area, and I know had a tragedy in his family recently. I hope wish them all the best. So, yeah, you saw that happen. He was actually successful. He actually won. Scott Fitter so far, that has not been the case. But I continue to say that. I just feel like they're tied to each other. Now, maybe they're not, and I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, then okay. But then all we're doing is getting yet another general manager and making David Tepper hire another person and seeing how that's going to go. Because so far, that would be David Tepper failed on his first head coach and first GM. I would really hope that's not going to be the case here in Carolina, but it may very well be the case here in Carolina. We will see some of the trades he's made, I really haven't loved them. I've gone over the trades before and whether they've been good or bad and overall, it feels like they haven't been great, but it's in a way it's nice that he's in on every deal. Just the deals haven't necessarily panned out to this point for the Carolina Panthers. But I also go back to David and what he said when he said, after firing Matt Rule, that he would likely not have that kind of a range of a head coach again. Not the money, but the power. Matt Rule clearly didn't know what he was doing, did not know how to run an NFL franchise, and had more say than Marty Herney. He probably had more say than Scott Fitterer. So I'm willing to give Scott Fitterer not a pass, but somewhat of the benefit of the doubt understanding that Rule probably had way more control than he did, and that Rule's decision-making is likely the product of what we're seeing right now more so than Scott Fitter's decision-making. But yes, the Heat absolutely will be on Scott Fitter as long as this is the results that we see play out on Sundays. So I don't think y'all are are wrong to wonder, um, but I do not think that that time is coming uh, right now. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm wrong. I just I don't know. All right, uh, another question, and this is something I've seen uh, put out there recently, uh, both from Jeff and Kevin. Kind of similar questions. Jeff saying Frank Reich said that Bryce Young is a two to four year project, considering how bad this team has looked and some of the mistakes made by Reich. Do you think David Tepper, who is not a patient person, will wait that long if the losing continues this year and next? And then Kevin said, If I've held off, ask- I think Kevin saying this, I've held off asking this question because I wanted to give it time. four weeks guys he gave it four weeks Um, but after that press conference I have to ask did David Tepper fumble the head coaching hire again no one looks excited to play for this team anymore not like they did under Wilkes after four weeks (laughs) Kevin I had to give it time I had to give it four weeks exactly of time four losses four weeks and now I can ask the question Did David Tepper get it wrong by not hiring Steve Wilkes? Now, if y'all been listening to this podcast uh, since I've been doing it, but really, if you've been listening to it since the end of last season, y'all know who I want to be the head coach. I thought Steve Wilkes deserved the job. He went five hundred with a combination of Baker Mayfield, PJ Walker, and Sam Darnold. A one-dimensional offense that was running it down teams' throats or not running it well at all, and in a defense that was opportunistic and was solid, that he was able to define an identity for this organization, protect the bank, bring the pride back to the Carolinas, show them videos of what things were like back when he was here as a secondary coach in the D.C. under Ron Rivera and how those teams, led by Cam Newton and Thomas Davis and Greg Olson and Luke Keekly and all the players that you knew and loved back then, how they were able to run this division. That is a guy who understands, and it just really... In a way, it, t- it does piss me off as someone who's actually from Charlotte, North Carolina, born and raised here. Love this city to death. That David Tepper tried to act as if Frank Reich, who ain't from here, yeah, his kids went to high school. Actually, his daughters went to high school with me at Providence. How, you know, his family might have lived here, that he went to seminary around the corner, which is great. His brother's been coaching at Wingate for all this time. That's awesome, but he ain't from here. He ain't of Charlotte. He's not. He's not. Steve Wilkes is. Steve Wilkes grew up here. He went to West Charlotte. He coached at John C. Smith. He played at App State. Steve Wilkes is of Charlotte and of North Carolina. Frank Reich is not. It's a great story to be the first head coach and have your family been here, yada, yada, yada. But miss me with the homecoming bull that they try to throw out there when the real homecoming would have been keeping Steve Wilkes, who deserved the job, who earned the damn job. And I understand you got it wrong the first time, go out there and hire the best coach available. But you couldn't have put the resources behind Steve Wilkes? You couldn't have done that? At least you would know what the identity of this football team would be right now. You knew all the guys wanted to play for Wilkes. And I'm not saying these guys don't want to play for Frank Reich. And it's a little early. But I, I still think it's – it's, I thought then and I think now that it, Steve Wilkes got a raw deal by not getting his job. He earned a job. Should have got the job. Not to say that, that uh, Frank Reich can't turn things around because it's way too early to sit here and say, though Frank Reich was the wrong hire. But Steve Wilkes should have got the job. We know that. How things would have worked out, I don't know. How things would work out with Frank Reich, still TBD. But, yeah, David Tepper, man, that, that's some bull. Homecoming. Dude's not even from here. (laughs) You had a guy literally from the city who coached here back when the team was good. The team rallied around him. They went 500. They were right there in position to go to the playoffs, but they had a terrible quarterback. And then they were down their top corner, and that's what cost them the game in in Tampa Bay. But hey, homecoming is Frank Wright coming back to Charlotte. That's just such crap. All right, we'll take another pause here, come back and answer the rest of your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions right here on Locked On Panthers. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way, like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it? Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com locked on. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Make no mistake, uh, Steve Wilks should been head coach here. Uh, Frank Reich can still be a good co- head coach here in Carolina. I would say, though, it is interesting how, look at Jonathan Gannon, first-time head coach in Arizona, how they're playing. Look at D'Amico Ryan's first-time head coach down here in Houston, how they're playing. And look at Shane Steichen, first-year head coach in Indianapolis, and how they're playing. And then look at some of the retreads. Reich, Peyton, not going so great so far. So maybe the Panthers should have got a first-time head coach. I don't know. I don't think Frank Reich will be a one-and-done. I don't um, I, Unless they go 0-and-17, then I just don't know how you can bring him back. If that's a scenario, <laughs> does David Tepper want to eat that money? Again, he's already eating Matt Rules, and it was, I think there's probably a little bit of offset language of him going to Nebraska and getting paid what he's getting paid there uh, to lose with the Cornhuskers so far, even though I think that he'll probably fix things out there in Nebraska, the land of chili and cinnamon um, rolls. But still, I if if yeah if things are really bad maybe he eats it he has enough money to do it but that would be that'd be tough <laughs> I don't know how anyone has any faith in David Tepper if they have any at all uh, if he fires Matt Rule then a year later fires Frank Reich after not hiring Steve Wilkes and then goes out to get an ad co- another head coach and what head coach would be interested in this job after watching all that play out so I don't know we'll see I I, I feel like they have thirty six months. As Louis, Louis Riddick had said, I believe. you got three years to figure out whether Bryce is the right guy. And if, and with that, you have three years to figure out whether Frank Reich's head coach, whether you have the right staff around him, and whether, I guess, Scott Fitter as well is the right general manager for the Carolina Panthers. So, I know it's hard to actually have to live through this, and it's a very interesting thought exercise to say that, oh, they have you know a couple years to figure it out. But once you see a team's 0-4, you see – how poorly their coached, their discipline, or lack thereof, and then the injuries piling up and making things worse, it's hard to really be patient and, and wait, <laughs> you know, those three years to find out whether Reich was the right choice and whether Bryce was the right choice and, you know, everything else that's involved here. Now over to Eric who says a lot of fans take preseason way too seriously, myself included sometimes. But in, that, but in this case, that's Eric saying that, not me. He said, but in this case, the offensive line issues we saw were legitimate. One of the draft specialist guys I listened to this offseason, that franchise guy, said Icky could be an average pass blocker, but was a devastating run blocker when uh, TFG, the, that franchise guy, saw that. We drafted Aquanu I- to be our left tackle. He said we would be okay at left tackle, but... He could be an all-pro guard if we move him inside. I know it's very early and the sophomore slump is real, but I'm starting to really like the idea of shopping for a new left tackle this offseason, moving Icky inside the left guard and putting Christensen and Zavala back to the bench. That's interesting analysis there from uh, that franchise guy who I'm, I'm not aware of uh, his work. Um, <laughs> but that is something that has been said before by Mel Kuyper Jr. of ESPN.com, who actually had Icky rated as his top guard heading into the draft in 2022. And the knock on Icky was exactly what that guy said. Uh, going into it, people knew he was really good at running the football. If you watch NC State that year, they ran left. And you watch NC State now, they can't run the football. Now, State hasn't run the football well the last couple years anyways, even when they had Bam Knight, who was an NFL back. Um, But still, um, Icky was a good run blocker. We saw it last year. When this team decided they want to run the football, they were excellent when it came to running. This year, they are 32nd, which is last in the NFL, by the way, in ESPN's run block win rate. That is not a good situation for the Carolina Panthers. Now, a part of that is the injuries. And... I don't know if Icky should move inside. It's a lot that you spent on that guy. I mean, he didn't spend a lot yet, but to use a top 10 pick on a guard, it's not really what you were trying to do. Now, if you find out that the best thing for the team moving forward is to move him inside and go find somebody at left tackle, then that's what you got to do. But then that's going to put the Carolina Panthers in a situation where I don't even know if is good enough at guard for them. We'll see. That That would give him opportunities, but that's something that you can't really do until next offseason, really, where, fine, you move Icky inside, you have Corbett back, you still got Moten, then you got to find another left tackle, but then you have some decent depth there with Christensen having started and Zavala having started as well. So, I don't know. But uh, that is uh, something that may be considered moving forward if Icky Aquano continues to struggle. I still am going to hold out, hope that he'll be just fine. Uh, now over to Kyle who says, what player on the Panthers do you love? In the past, we've had so many players, fan base, love Cam, Luke, TD, CMC. I don't see too many new, too many now that show promise to get the attention and praise for the future. And that's an interesting existential question as far as like, who do you love on this team? It's hard to love anybody considering that all the guys that you're watching, you associate with losing. You associate so many great times um, with Cam, the Sunday giveaways. And, and and all the wins that they had, winning the MVP, going to the Super Bowl. The same thing with Luke and TD. Uh, CMC. He I mean he never won anything here, but at least he was fun to watch. So I don't know. I don't. No, there's not a guy I love. Like, they're now, like, how am I? Like, I'm 30. Like, they're all, like, my peers at this point in time. So, it's kind of, like, hard to be like, oh, yeah, I love this guy. Like, when I was a kid, loved Steve Smith. But also, I was, like, 13. And he was a grown-ass man. Now, at 30, is I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, I love Brian Burns. who's like, 25. I'm just not going to do that. I like watching him play football. I think he's a good player. I think he should be here in Carolina. But I understand kind of your question is, like, who, who do you, like, love? Where, where do you place that? Emotional attachment to, like, who do you place it to on this team? It's hard to do it to anybody considering that they're 0-4. They were bad last year, bad the year before. They've been bad. Hard to um, have a lot of sentimental value when the team and the players have not been good the last couple of years. So that's a interesting question that maybe deserves a little bit more thought than I just gave it there. Uh, Matthew from Melbourne, Australia. Uh, he says, do you think there's any point this season where Chuba Hubbard might take over as running back one? He just has so much more juice and Miles. Um, having to wake up at 3 a.m. in Melbourne to watch these lifeless games is exhausting. Yeah, I feel you there, Matthew. As far as like when I wake up to watch Liverpool, like at 7 a.m. East Coast time, can't imagine being on the West Coast and having to watch um, Premier League action that early. My God, you uh, had to wake up at 4 Um But, man, I I feel you when Liverpool loses at, like, 7 a.m. or they get screwed by VAR. (sighs) What the hell? Uh, That's when... I, I understand. Like, that ruins your entire day. Like, you woke up to watch this mess. I'm sure anyone who woke up to watch the Ryder Cup last week is like, wow, I woke up to watch the U.S. get skunked in the morning session. Like, they went seven and one in the mornings. Like, they went one and seven rather than the mornings against Europe. Like, you, I, I understand where you're coming from in a way, but obviously not nearly as much uh, considering, like, that stinks. Uh, but as far as your question goes, Miles Sanders is not healthy. That much is clear from just watching him the first couple weeks. But then when he pops on the injury report, and we'll find out on Wednesday whether he's still up there with the groin, but it's very clear that he's not healthy. And I also just brought up with the injuries on the interior of the offensive line. With Christensen out for the season, Corbett having yet to play, still on pop, and with Rock Morton and Zavala filling in there and not being good, the Carolina Panthers are currently dead last in the NFL, according to ESPN's run block win rate. If the guys in front aren't blocking, I don't know how much you can expect from the running back so far. They're going to have to break tackles. They need to break tackles, even though those guys are getting a push and opening up holes. But right now, it's tough, and Miles Sanders is not healthy. And if he's not healthy, then, yeah, they need to give Chuba Hubbard more of an opportunity. And this also goes back to you just don't pay running backs, man. Um, And then the last question now from Aaron. And this is something I – I get it feels like this happens all the time. David Tepper bought the team for $2.25 billion liquid. And the people got nervous then. Oh, is he going to move the team? Even though I was like, that's ridiculous. And now because they're bad, people are wondering, is David Tepper, who spent $2.25 billion liquid, sandbagging it so he can move him? Aaron asked me, do you think Tepper is doing this by design in order to possibly move the team? And if so, which city would draw enough money for an NFL team? None. The NFL has failed multiple times in St. Louis. Uh, San Diego wouldn't even pay the Spanos family money uh, to build a stadium. So that's not going to happen. And then uh, San Antonio, I don't really feel like that would work out. Like, I don't think the team's going to move to London. Uh, That would be the only other place, I would think. But I don't know if the NFL is ready to do that just yet. I think the NFLP wouldn't have a problem with that as well. So, And you also look at Charlotte. As much as I hate it, the city keeps growing. A bunch of people who don't give a crap about our city at all keep moving here because of the great weather and the job opportunities, which is good. It's better to be in a city that's growing than a city that's dying. I used to live in Hartford. I've seen it. Um, and in the cities that a lot of these people are leaving. Like, everyone loves Buffalo, but they don't want to live in Buffalo. Interesting to me. So, you know, I'm just – here I am, a native, just being upset about the kind of stuff. But thank you. Welcome to the city. Love all of you, sort of. But um, Charlotte's growing. Look at all the Fortune 500 companies. Look at, you know, that have their headquarters here. Bank of America, Honeywell, Wells Fargo, Truist, Lowe's, the new innovation center that they just have there. Um, I mean, my university, Elon, literally just brought like they're gonna have a law school that's coming here. Like the city's growing. There's so many corporate opportunities. That can come of having a team in the NFL. And Tepper's already a made man. He was already rich. Look at the TV contract the NFL's getting. It doesn't matter whether the Panthers win or lose. He's still going to get paid. Now, he's a guy who said he gets peed off when they lose on Sundays. And I I believe him. But it's like, damn, Deuce, this is on you. You keep making the same bad mistakes and decisions. So, we'll see. But, no, the team's not going anywhere. Guys, Stop, stop with this nonsense. You need 24 of the 32 NFL ownership groups to vote to move the team out of Charlotte. Where are they gonna go? They gonna move to Montana, Idaho, South Dakota? Like where are they moving? They gonna put another team in Chicago? Like they don't even want to give they the city wouldn't even give the Bears money to build a stadium. Like wh- come on, this isn't that's just nonsense. Team's not going anywhere, but it would be nice if they were better. Obviously. All right, it's gonna wrap up this edition. Of the Lockdown Bakers Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by our ears, truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council. Why? Because I'll be back again next Wednesday to answer your weekly Wednesday mailback questions. And you can at me or DM me over on Twitter to get those questions into me now. We'll just kind of wait till after the game to get them in. But either way, at me or DM me, follow me first. Uh, but in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole, and all as always, keep pounding. And on tomorrow's show, it'll be your favorite Locked On host, or maybe the only guy you hate more than me, as we'll be talking to the host of Locked On Lions, whose name escapes me, but we'll be talking to him as it'll be yet another crossover Thursday here on Locked On Panthers. Hey, Prime members.